This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Now, tonight, thanks to a suggestion from listener Cynthia Reed, we feature a new show, The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. Now, it started out as a 1941 Lux Radio Theater show called Maisie Was a Lady, which proved so popular it became a radio series and it hit the movie screen as well. Maisie is an out-of-work actress picking up work wherever she can, usually with hilarious and unexpected consequences. Anne Southern was an American actress who worked on stage, radio, film, and television in a career that spanned nearly six decades. Southern began her career in the late 1920s in bit parts in films. In 1930, she made her Broadway stage debut and soon worked her way up to the starring roles. In 1939, MGM cast her as Maisie Revere, a brash yet lovable Brooklyn showgirl. The character, based on the Maisie short stories by Neil Martin, proved to be popular and spawned a successful film series. More in her career at another time, but we're a little short on time right now, so let's get to it in the show that was first aired September 7th of 1950, entitled Dueling Actors. Hiya, babe. Say how about a little... Ah. Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you will hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Anne Southern. But first, your announcer. Southern as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the fella said. By profession, I'm in the theater, but I just quit my job as a showgirl because of the costumes. The producer wanted me to show too much girl. Anyway, hanging around theatrical agents' offices as much as I do, some of how they function has rubbed off on me. So I figured maybe I'd better try that way of starving, too. The last month, by luck, I ran into a handsome actor, Bill Maddox 
who I thought had possibilities. I really thought Bill could become a star on the stage because he had good looks, was six feet two, and had the schmaltzy kindness of speaking voice that could give you goose pimples. The only thing Bill lacked was stage experience, so right away I took him to see the latest hit drama. I wanted Bill should get a load of how matinee idol number one, Ronaldo Gomez, performed, so he could maybe learn a little something before I started lying about him to producers. But after we saw the great Ronaldo's performance and were coming out of the theater, me and Bill had our first argument. Bah! You call that acting, Maisie? I call it corn. Well, for your information, Bill Maddox, that corn brings Ronaldo Gomez $5,000 a bushel. You should act such corn. Not me, honey. I'm young yet. I'd like to live. Why, I've got more talent in my little finger than Gomez has in his whole body. Too bad women aren't interested in little fingers. They go for the whole man. Ah. If you could learn just half of what Ronaldo knows about acting, I could sell you to any producer. Maisie, don't tell me that you thought that love scene in the second act was good. Good? When Ronaldo gave Carlotta that passionate farewell kiss, my popcorn started shooting its way out of the bag. Oh, you women are all the same about these imported great lovers. Personally, to me, Ronaldo kissed the girl like he was playing a harmonica. Hmm. Should happen to me. All right, Bill. You're my client, and even though you are an actor, you can still have brains. What didn't you like about Ronaldo's performance? What about his overacting? Overacting? Mm -hmm. Why, I thought it was just super. I mean, especially in the death scene. How gladly he gave up his life for love. And then when he was shot, he died laughing. So did the audience. Oh, Bill, you're just like all men. Never give credit where credit is due. Oh, well, look, Miss Revere. If you don't think enough of my opinions, maybe I should get somebody else to keep me unemployed. Oh, oh no, no, Bill. I have absolute confidence that you can someday be a big star. Oh, thanks. And I know that if you listen to my advice, someday you'll have convertible cars, a yacht, penthouse apartment, and so much money you'll get bow-legged carrying it to the bank. Oh, God. Yeah, we're going to be the most successful artist-agent team in the world, Bill. Gee. You know, this million-dollar team should celebrate in style. Yeah, celebrate. <laughs> but, Maisie, that costs money. Ah, what's money? Come on. Where are we going? Into this drugstore and have a Coke. Gee, a Coke. Maybe you let me drink it out of your slipper. <laughs> Nobody says this to the great Ronaldo Gomez. Not even you, the producer of this, you will pardon the expression, play. But the great Ronaldo was not superb in tonight's performance. Hey, look, Ronaldo, let's not kid ourselves. You've uh, been getting away with that public nervous breakdown you call acting for a long time now, but the public is starting to get wise. That's so. Did you see how many empty seats there were tonight? Empty seats? You want, I should notice, during my performance, the great Ronaldo was an artist. When I am acting, I'm acting, not bookkeeping. Well, I'm bookkeeping. There were 228 empty seats. 227. In the 12th row of the balcony, there was a midget. Hmm. No wonder you have to be prompted on your lines. You're always counting the house during the performance to make sure you're not cheated on your percentage. You cannot say that to the great Gomez. The great Gomez is the greatest artist in the whole world. Yeah, who told you that? Nobody has to tell me. I admit it. Well... 
since you're so honest, you've got to admit that you're not drawing them in like you used to. After all, don't forget the famous saying, you can fool some of the people some of the time, and you can fool all of the people some of the time. Who said that? Well, uh, hmm? I said, who said that? Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, it's too bad he isn't leaving. I would challenge him to a duel like I did in my own country. Now, please, handle me my hat. Oh, sure, Ronaldo, here. You're going right home, I hope. No. First, I go to the drugstore next door to make a purchase of one stamp. I write to my friend in Brazil. He should send me the newspaper clipping about the duel I have made with that critic. There is one thing I must find out. Do you mean if he dies? No, if he spells my name right. We're closing the store up in a few minutes, folks. Uh, you want another Coke? Oh, that's silly, clerk. Me and Bill haven't finished this one yet. Yeah, you see, my agent here don't usually order a Coke for the two of us, but tonight we're celebrating. Oh, oh, sure. I, I just knew this was some festive occasion. <laughs> that's right. That's why I ordered a large one. But you can be a pal, pal, and bring another straw. Another uh, white chum expecting a friend to join you? No. I want to beat out my brains with signing up with her for my agent. Why, Bill, that's a nasty thing to say. I raised your price as an actor, didn't I? Oh, that you did. But you didn't get me any work. I know. But I have faith in you, Bill. I know you've got talent. But, Maisie, I've heard rumors that the thing is for the producers to become aware of me. <gasps> well, that's a wonderful idea. I, I said something when I wasn't listening? Yeah. What you need is publicity. And I'm going to get it for you. I'll have your name in headlines in all the papers. But to do that, you got to have connections with newspapers. Do you know any reporters or editors, Maisie? Oh, do I know any reporters or editors? Do I know any reporters or editors? Well, do you? Please don't interrupt. I'm trying to remember. Well, while you're trying to remember, i got to call my boarding house to see if any offers came in from other agents. Well. Uh, doll. Uh, got a nickel for the phone? Sure, doll. Here. I always save some money for emergencies. Thanks. Be right back. Service! Clerk! Service at once! Uh-oh. My day is now complete. Here comes that South American meathead, Ronaldo Gomez, again. Ronaldo Gomez? Yeah. Oh, he looks like such a skinny thing in person. What happened to all those muscles? <laughs> Must have left him in his other suit. <laughs> oh, what a pest. He's always coming in here just before closing and buys himself a dime's worth of nickels for a phone call. Lark, come here at once. The great Ronaldo would like to purchase the stamp. Oh, look, a stamp. Well, it's a good thing I didn't close up earlier. I would have missed out on all this business. <laughs> Pardon me, customer mine. Can't keep Ronaldo waiting. Gets as mad as a hornet, you know. Oh, well, all actors are temperamental. Hmm, not like Ronaldo, chum. With him, it's 90% temper and 10% mental. If I don't give him quick service with a smile, he gets so mad, he challenges me to a duel. A duel? Yeah. Clark! Duel. Duel. Oh, you've just given me a great publicity idea. Huh? Bill told me he studied swordsmanship at college. Oh, a smart move on your boyfriend's part, lady. Sure is a great market for a guy who can use a sword. Might even get himself a job in the parks picking up papers. Well, no, I mean, if Bill and he would duel, it'd get in all the papers. Yeah, could be. And maybe Ronaldo would get killed. That's a beautiful thought. 
Of course, those dueling characters first have to be insulted by a fella. And and ain't it usually over a woman? A stomp, please! And I don't know what like a stomp! Yeah, a stomp! Coming up! Oh, say, miss, where you going? Son, you just hired a new stamp saleswoman. The kind that insults mighty easy. Oh, I get it. Your boyfriend interferes, Gomez challenges him to a duel, Mm -hmm. and then... And for further details, consult your morning newspapers. Goodbye now. Sorry, sorry, Miss. I've never seen and to their best customer, too. Oh, well, I'm I'm sorry to have kept you waiting, Mr. Gomez. What can I do for you? Hey, oh, senorita. (laughs) (laughs) You are here, the clerk, huh? Eh, si, si, senor. They'd been doing such a busy stamp business in this drugstore, they just had to put on extra help. Oh, good. (laughs) I am in a large hurry. One stamp, please. Oh, well, yes, sir. You're lucky because we just got in some fresh this morning. Uh, how about a nice airmail stamp, sir? They're six cents. Uh, no, I want a plain stamp for three cents. Oh, you don't care to go that high, huh? Well, how about a nice five-cent stamp, then? Uh, senorita, all I want is for three cents a stamp. I wish to write a letter, and I am in a hurry. Oh, well, in that case, our airmail is just the thing. It gets there much faster, you know. All you do is write the letter, lick the sand. Senorita, you are making me mad, like anything. Do you want me to lose my temper entirely? Well, not just yet, senor. That is better. Now, one three-cent stamp, please. Yes, sir. What kind of stamp? American or Egyptian? Miss, please, sell me a stamp and stop being such a pest. Pest? Well, I like that. I really do. I have never been so insulted in my life. Bill? Oh, Bill? Oh, great. Ronaldo insults you, senorita, but this, this is cannot be. In my country, the man who insults a lady is shoot down like a dog. Well, say your prayers, lassie. You call me, Maisie? Yes, my hero. This beast, this monster, he insulted me. Well, aren't you going to say something to him? Hello. Oh, senor, you do not know me, eh? Not like I know you. Bill, this man doesn't know me. He doesn't? And he said I was a pest. He did? Yes. But, Maisie, I thought you said he didn't know you. Uh, Senor, I can explain. No, (laughs) Bill, this is your big chance, your big, big chance. Bill... I demand that you challenge this man to a duel. Pistols at twenty paces. A duel? Pistols at twenty paces? Uh, Senorita, isn't this going a little too far? Well, all right, make it ten paces. Maisie, I think it's silly to challenge a perfect stranger to a silly old duel. (laughs) Don't mind her, Mr. Uh, uh... Uh, Gomez, Senor the Great. Ronaldo Gomez. You mean you? This little shrimp is what's left of that ham Gomez after that stage costume is removed? Oh, no. (laughs) Senor, for that insult, I forget the great danger and challenge you to a duel. Oh, gosh, thanks, senor. You're a sport. Okay, sonny, sure. A nice little duel, huh? Uh, What'll it be? Spitballs at 20 paces? Well, you two decide. I gotta make a phone call. This is a scoop for both of us. You laugh now, senor. But tomorrow morning at sunrise, you will laugh from the other side of your face. If I decide to leave you another side, we shall fight with pistols at 20 paces. Oh, calm now, Sonny. I was only kidding why at 20 paces I couldn't even see a tiny target like you. I may not be large like you, senor. 
but with the pistol, I am the best marksman in all of South America. You're kidding, aren't you? The last man I killed in my own country said to me just like that. You were actually killed a man? Dead. Like anything. Like anything. I shoot him right between the eyes. And believe me, between that sneak's eyes, there was very little room. Adios, senor. Until tomorrow. At dawn. Adios, senor. If I'm not there, just uh, go ahead without me. Well, it's all said, Bill. I just called up the newspapers. What for, Maisie? Put my name in the obituary column? Oh, no, silly. I told them that you just challenged the great actor, Ronaldo Gomez, to a duel. They're going to have reporters and photographers down tomorrow morning. Tomorrow, your face will be spread all over. The rest of me will be spread all over, too. Maisie, why did you get me into this? Well, for publicity, you dope. You want people the world over to read your name, don't you? Yeah, but not on a tombstone. Oh, don't be silly, Bill. Gomez won't really go through with it when he sees your mean business. You want to bet? He's the best shot in South America. He is. But, but, but he wouldn't want to kill a man. Why not? One more or less shouldn't make any difference to him. You mean he already, with a gun, bing back? Yeah, already, once before. Bing bang. Maisie, I'm going to faint. Catch me. You catch me, Bill. Remember, ladies first. The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment. Look, Mr. Gomez, I know you think I came up to your hotel and woke you so early in the morning because I'm afraid to die, but <laughs> there's one thing I must tell you. Ah, that you are not a little bit scared, senor, huh? No, I'm a whole lot scared. So am I, Ronaldo. You can't kill this man in a duel. It'd be bad publicity for our show. The honor of the great Ronaldo has been insulted. And the only way the insult can be wiped out is with blood. But gosh, Ronaldo, I don't like to be killed. It's so, well, it's so unhealthy. Yes, why do you have to go whole hog on this, Ronaldo? Wouldn't that pesky honor of yours be satisfied if you made a tiny bullet hole in Maddox? Say, uh, right here, maybe? No, that would not satisfy me. Me neither. I'd look sort of conspicuous going around with three nostrils. Hey, Ronaldo, I forbid you to go through with this silly duel. You, you might get shot by accident, and I'd have to return the money for our advance sale. Money, 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 senor. There are more important things in this world than money. Now I know you're out of your mind. Uh, look, Ronaldo, if it's just your lousy honor that has to be appeased, I'm willing to make a public apology to the report. That will not do. I, uh, uh, reporters. From the newspaper? Well, yes. Maisie arranged to have them witness the duel this morning with cameras and everything. The whole thing was just supposed to be a stunt for publicity. Publicity? For free? Yeah. 
I can see the headlines now. Bill Maddox in He Fought for His Honor. Absolutely his last performance. Yeah, but that's a wonderful idea, Maddox. It's, it's out of this world. Yeah, but I don't want to be out of this world. I'd like to stay in it for a while. Yeah, I mean terrific publicity for no money, for our show, for Ronaldo. See, si. I will be magnificent like never before in front of the cameras. Senor Beer, I will shoot you left-handed. That is my much more better profile. Uh, nothing doing. I'm calling this whole thing off. I'm starving to death slowly, I know, but uh, I don't mind. I'm in no hurry. Yeah, but you won't have to be shot, Maddox. We can use blank bullets in the guns. Look, I'll make all the arrangements for the duel. We'll put it on this morning in the alley behind the theater in time to make the morning papers. That ought to fill the house for today's matinee. Well, I'll see you later, fellas. Come, Senor Bill. Amigo. <laughs> Sit down. Have some breakfast. Ah, you look so thin. You will make a difficult target to shoot today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with fake bullets, naturally. Oh, <laughs> look, Ronaldo, old pal, we mustn't tell anybody that this duel is going to be a phony. No one. Not even your agent, Senorita Revere. <laughs> Especially not Maisie. You see, pal, she thinks that you're the world's best actor. Ah, but does not everyone. <laughs> Tis futile, Maisie, dear heart. You cannot sway me from this little thing I need to do to avenge your fair name. Little thing? Bill, that little thing happens to be your life, and you ought to save it for your old age. You gotta go to Gomez and apologize. Apologize? Never, dear heart. Never, never, never. Oh, but Bill... Don't I... interrupt, please. Never, never, I say. Oh, I am not of a cowardly turn, my sweet. I have red blood in my veins. And if you want to keep it in there, you better call off this silly duel. Be not aggrieved, small one. Oh. This is not farewell forever. When I am gone, I will still be with you. You shall have my ashes. Ashes? Oh, Bill. Cry not, old babe. This is merely au revoir for the nuns. We shall be together again in another world. But I don't want to be your agent in another world. This one I got contacts in. Tis my duty, Leechen, and I am glad. Oh. Glad to lay down my life that the honor of womanhood shall never be besmirched and trodden in the dust. Oh, Bill, that's so corny. Corny? You cried when Ronaldo Gomez said that in the play. Yeah, but that was because the man next to me was eating onions. Oh, that does it. In ten minutes now, I meet the best shot in the world in the alley behind the theater. And if you think Gomez knew how to die in the play, wait till you get a load of little Willie making his big exit. Goodbye. Uh, oh, well, Maisie, you got just ten minutes to put a stop to this thing you dreamed up. Oh, jeepers. Why couldn't you sometimes use your head to think with instead of just to keep your ears from being too close together? Nine, ten. All right, gentlemen. Ready, aim, fire. Bing, bing, bang, 
Bang. Wonderful, gentlemen, wonderful. Now be sure you do it just as dramatically when the reporters get here. If they ever do get here, I'm getting tired from all this rehearsing. And I don't relish the idea of drenching myself with ketchup when I get shot. This is my only shirt. Yeah, that must be the newspaper reporters now. Get ready for the duel, gentlemen. The great Ronaldo is ready. Good, good. And Maddox, when you get shot, act like it. Put some life into your die. Okay, okay. Start counting. Okay. Very well, gentlemen. Remember, this is a duel for the honor of an American woman. And last but not least, to avenge the stain on the escutcheon of Ronaldo Gomez. The world-famous actor, now appearing at the 38th Street Theater in Blood is Thicker Than Water. Matinees, Wednesdays and Saturdays, with an all-sarcast. Uh, ready? One, two, three. Stop! Stop! You can't shoot, Bill! Oh, it's only you. Stand back, old fair maid, whose <sighs> fair name has been besmirched. The honor of thy name is, in sooth, at stake. Say, that is very good, amigo. Very good. But, Bill... Oh, he shot me. I'm dying. Dying. Oh, Bill, that was just my bubble gum. Hey, look. The reporters, they've arrived. Hey, this way, gentlemen. Good. Stand back, senorita. You're in the way of the cameras. Well, um... Start counting, chum. Farewell, O oh, aged mind. This may perchance be the last performance of the world's best actor. Oh, but it can't be. I have a run of the play contract. Bill, Bill, you get killed. Look, nobody's getting killed in this duel. Those pistols have blanks in them. Does Bill know that? Sure he does. This whole thing's a gag to show you he can act. Oh, a gag, huh? Well, the nerve of him scaring me out of my wits just for laughs. Well, I'll show that man just how much I think of him. Wait, George, start counting for the duel. They're coming down the alley now. Okay. Ready, gentlemen? One, two... Hold on there. We gotta tip something's going on here. You ain't kidding, fellas. Gentlemen of the press, Bill Maddox goes now to fight for the fair name of fair womanhood. Yes, and you reporters, be sure to get it all. Reporters? We're detectives. You detectives? Oh, but you can't be. Last night I called the newspapers, not the cops. They called us and said there's going to be a duel. Yeah, two actors are going to kill each other. But we came over to stop it anyway. Orders is orders. No reporters. No pictures. <laughs> wasted all this time. Well, you'll have a lot more time to waste, bud. You're going to jail. Both of you. Oh, but, but, but you can't take Bill to jail. He's my only client. Yes, we've got a matinee to do. I cannot go to jail. My contract forbids it. We haven't broken any law. These guns are loaded with blanks. Yes, blanks. Yeah, yeah. Sure, it was a publicity stunt, officer. Just for laughs. <laughs> um, guns not loaded with bullets, huh? Well, sure not, and I can prove it. Uh, uh, go ahead, Bill. Shoot me. Yeah, that'll prove it. Shoot, Maddox. Sure. There. See, officer? Only a blank. Oh, yeah? Miss, were you wearing open-toed shoes? No. Well, you're wearing them now. Oh, my goodness. I've been killed. She fainted. Oh, oh. oh Maisie, darling, speak to me. Speak to me. Oh, Bill. Before I go, there's one thing I must tell you. Yes, Maisie. What is it? You owe me four bucks for a new pair of shoes. <laughs> In 
just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Once again, here's Maisie. Well, for a moment there, I really thought I was going to kick the bucket. And the way my foot feels right now, I ain't sure I didn't. Gosh, if Bill had been a little better shot, I might have gone, well, where agents go when they die. Anyway, I, I saw Ronaldo's producer was impressed with Bill's acting. So when I got him alone, I convinced him that an actor with Bill's talent should get $100 a week, no more and no less. And that's what the producer decided to pay him. The only trouble was, um, I didn't know that just before he'd offered Bill 200. <laughs> so I had a heart-to-heart -heart talk with Bill, and he told me he didn't know what he could do without me, but he sure wanted to try. So there goes my first and last client. Well, gotta get to a doctor with his foot. Gosh, from now on, it ain't gonna be easy getting around with my big toe in a sling. just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Peter Leeds, Gerald Moore, Sidney Miller, Frank Nelson, and Jerry Hausner. John Heaston speaking. <laughs> Stay tuned for Fibber McGee and Molly next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Fibber McGee and Molly and the story of Fibber's bottle collection. You see, he, he's been saving bottles in hopes of collecting a sizable sum of money when he gets to refund them. Well, it's driving Molly over the edge. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with I See the Moon at Noon. Why should I wax my floors? 
What does the wax really do for them? Well, that's a good fundamental question, and I can answer it very clearly. Have you ever rubbed an apple to make it shine? Do you realize that what made it shine was a thin coat of wax with which nature protects fruit and flowers? It's true. And the use of genuine wax on floors is also for protection. When you put Johnson's wax on your floors, you're protecting them against scratches, stains, and wear of all kinds. The wax coat is a glowing shield of protection. And just as rubbing the apple made it more beautiful, polishing your floors with genuine Johnson's wax adds greatly to their beauty. And for that matter, to the beauty of your entire home. And there's a third reason for Johnson waxing your floors. It saves you work all year. Does away with tiresome floor scrubbing. And besides floors, there are 100 extra uses for Johnson's wax in your home. May I urge you to buy some tomorrow? For the last few years, a certain citizen of Wistful Vista has been quietly collecting bottles. If you can collect bottles quietly. And here, loading his loot into the car to take it downtown and sell it, we find that collector of infernal residue and his patient spouse, Fibber McGee and Molly. Thank goodness that's about all. Ain't got room for many more in that back seat. Hand me that last carton, will you, Molly? Thanks. You're welcome, dearie. Now you can do something for me. Sure, what? Look, mm-hmm. since 1938, you carefully saved every bottle that came into the house. Yeah. And I never asked you why. I was never one to pry into your private life. If you wanted to collect bottles or buttons or, or butterflies or... Or baboons, it was all right with me. But now I'd like to know what your idea was, and if you don't tell me, I think I'm going to scream! <laughs> Gee, I'm sorry, Molly. I thought all the time you knew I'd been saving those bottles for the refund. The refund? Sure. Instead of trotting down to the grocery every day with two ginger ale or root beer bottles and coming home with a dime, I thought I'd save them for a couple of years and really collect some dough. Catch on to it? Well, heavenly days. And how much do you expect to get for the lot, me bowl, Finn and Steer? Well, averaging two cents per bottle, and I got exactly 537 bottles, I figure I'll get about 11 bucks. And that ain't hay. <laughs> and to think how many glass blowers have been wasting their breath when they might have been learning the piccolo. <laughs> $11 for three years' work. What do you mean, three years' work? It ain't been work. What? It's been fun. What do you mean? It's been my hobby. It's... It's kept me off the streets. (laughs) Well, uh, where are you taking them? Grocery store. You want to go along? I wouldn't miss it for a 40-acre farm with Clark Gable, his hired man. (laughs) Let's go. Okay. I'm in. Where'll I sit? You got both seats full of bottles. Well, uh, sit up in front there. You can make a kind of a little nest among the root beer and ginger ale bottles. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) They were soft drinks, so I ought to be quite comfortable. Now, don't, don't, don't bust any of them. I, I got a lot of time and money in this stuff. You got a lot of water in them, too. Something's dripping down my neck. That's <laughs> just the rinse water. Somebody ain't quite dry yet. Some of them ain't. Well, here we go. Hey there, Johnny! 
Mr. Oldtimer, but we didn't give a party. I've been saving these bottles for three years, Oldtimer. What for, Johnny? Well, it's just a hobby with you, Mr. Oldtimer. Haven't you got a hobby? I got two hobbies, daughter. I'm a string saver, and I never step on cracks in the sidewalk. <laughs> well, every man to his taste, Oldtimer. I collect bottles, you collect string. And I've got a blue serge coat that collects lint. <laughs> Pretty good, Snooky, but that ain't the way I heard it. <laughs> the way I heard it, one feller says to another feller, hey, says, did you hear this, Fibber McGee and Molly on the Lux Radio Theater last night? Well, what'd the other fella say? Nothing, Johnny. He just sneered. <laughs> I guess you ain't got room enough for me to ride with you, Johnny. I'll walk down to the corner and wait for a streetcar. Why, the streetcars don't go past that corner, Mr. Oldtimer. That's why I like to wait there, daughter. It's quiet. <laughs> so long, <sir. laughs> Now, what's the matter with this thing? Started off all right this morning. Dad wrapped the desk. Hi, mister. Oh, hello there, little girl. Now, don't bother me now on account of... Hey, I... where'd you get all the bottles, mister? Criminy, uh... is that ever a snag of them, though? Hey, 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 watch your language there, sis. I got my wife with me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what you gonna do with all the bottles? I'm gonna hmm? take them back to the store for a rebate. Hmm? I says I'm returning them for a rebate. Rebate. Don't you know what a rebate is? Sure I do, I bet you. Uh -huh. It's when you put another worm on the hog. <laughs> but gee, mister, you can't catch enough fish to fill all those bottles. That ratted sis, I ain't going fishing. Don't you like to fish? Sure I like to fish. So do I, mister. Can I go with you? Where? Fishing. Look, sis, get this through that little sunbonnet full of sawdust, will you? I ain't going fishing. I know it. Well? Why? Because in the first place, I ain't got time And in the second place, the season ain't open And in the third place, I don't want to And in the fourth, fifth, and sixth places I gotta take these bottles back What for? For a rebate Well, I guess this is where I came in And my mama doesn't like to have me stay through two shows So long, mister <laughs>
them brakes fixed. Well, come on, Molly. Here's the grocery store. All right, dearie. And believe me, it'll be a relief to get up off of these things. Well, so come why? Well, there were three mustard bottles leering at me like I was a piece of corned beef. Well, I'll see. I'll take a few samples in first. Now, let me see. One ginger ale, one ketchup, one grape juice, one root beer, one horseradish. That ought to give them an idea. Yeah. It'd give me one if I was them, but I hope they don't think of it. <laughs> well, good luck to you, dearie. Thanks. I'll be back in just a minute, and you can help me carry in the rest of the... Whoa! <coughs> Dad, ratted, bud. Why don't you look where... Oh, hi, Nick. Well, for scream's sake, Spitzer, excuse me for being such a big clumsy. I guess my feet are all thumbs. Oh, don't don't worry about the bottles you broke, Mr. DePoplis. They were just a handful of empties. Oh, is that so? I'd have got at least 11 cents refund on them bottles. You gonna pay me for them, Nick? Smartly. How much? Well, I think he said 11 cents, Mr. DePoplis. Oh, sure. Well, here's two bits apiece, Spitzer. Oh, I'm sorry, Nick. I can't make change. Well, take the quarter, McGee, and I'll give Mr. DePoplis three more bottles. Here, Mr. DePoplis, here's your change. Oh, thank you. Hey. <laughs> this is being a lot of fun, Cupid. Here's two dollars. Give me some more. Hey, and hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Cut that out. Do you think I want to get pinched for all this broken glass all over the sidewalk? Lay off, DePoplis. Huckley duckly, Fizzer. And look, Mrs. DePoplis is telling me to ask you if you were caring to stop at our house some nights this week for a game of compact bridge, don't do it, because she hates bridge. So long, Fizzer. So long, Cupid. Now, McGee, don't step in any of that broken glass. I already did. Oh, dear. Let me see it. Maybe yeah. I can... It's all right. I stepped in some iodine, too. That's funny. That got a big laugh last week. <laughs> Oh, well. Well, come on, Molly. Hold the door open for me. All right. Hi, Mr. Sale. Can you... Be be with you in just a minute, Mr. McGee. I'm waiting on a customer. Uh, Was there anything else, Mr. Wilcox? Well, uh, let me think. Uh, Oh, yes, I want a small box of curry powder. And uh, send all this stuff right over to my apartment. Will you please? Oh, yoo-hoo, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Harlow. What was that stuff you just asked for? Well, hello, folks. I just asked for a small box of curry powder. Curry powder? Shucks, you never told us you had a horse, Harlow. <laughs> Why, I, I haven't. This is the powder I put in the sauce when I make curry. You. You mean you cook, Mr. Wilcox? Well, sure. Doesn't fibber? He does not. And I wouldn't think of letting him mess up my kitchen either. Why, Molly, I'm ashamed of you. What? Why, there's no excuse for husbands not messing around in the kitchen these days if they want to. What if they do mess up the floor? Excuse us, folks, but this is the part of the thing that pays for the stuff. <laughs> what you mean, Harlow? Well, I mean about... <laughs> I mean about the linoleum being properly protected with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. The no-rubbing, no-buffing polish that shines as it dries. And what well-kept kitchen floor isn't in these modern times? Why, what if the old man does spill a gob of gravy or a splatter of hen fruit on the floor? Oh, Who cares? It can be wiped up in a jiffy with a damp cloth. Say, that'd be a great premium to give away with every can of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, wouldn't it? Wouldn't what? A jiffy. A pearl-handled jiffy to wipe the spots off the floor. Don't <laughs> be swell. Oh, don't be silly. Oh, don't you be silly. Excuse me, Mr. McGee, you're next. Oh, thanks, Mr. Sale. Well, we'll see you later, Wilcox. And keep your curry up, Mr. Wilcox. <laughs> Yeah, stop in at our house sometimes. I'll fry you a nice batch of stupefied crandle whims. <laughs> With raisins. 
You you like them? I love them if they're fried in deep fat. <laughs> now then, uh, what was it for you, Mister McGee? I, I want a refund on these bottles. Well, let me see. There's a penny coming on the root beer, nickel on the ginger ale. What's this? Oh, that's a horseradish bottle. So it's all washed and sterilized. Sorry, no refund on those. Well, uh, how about the grape juice? We don't carry that brand anymore. Uh, the mustard? Nope. Just on the root beer and ginger ale. Here's ten cents. Oh, take... hey, wait. I got a car full of them outside, but Just wait till I run... Wait a minute, Mr. McGee. Huh? How many root beer and ginger ale bottles have you? Oh, I'd say about 170, which would come to about 575. Yeah. But you... Oh, no, you don't. Huh? You haven't bought a dozen bottles of that stuff from me in five years. Take them back where you got them. This is a grocery, not a junkyard. Now, you look here, Mr. Sale. If that's the way you're going to act, you're liable to lose our account. Mrs. McGee, I've been trying to lose your account ever since you opened it. <laughs> it's more butter than it's worth. Oh, yeah? Well, it'll be all right with us, too, Sire. Sure, that last spinach you sent us had so much sand in it, I had to eat it with a niblick. <laughs> but, Mr. Sale, why has our account been so much trouble? I'll show you. Look, here's your last order slip. Our delivery truck went clear across town to bring you one egg, two apples, four macaroons, and a box of toothpicks. Say, who ordered those toothpicks? <laughs> I did, Molly. What for? Well, I was working on my ship model, and I ran out of lumber. <laughs> well, okay, but if that's the way you feel about it, give me my dime for these two bottles. <laughs> now look what you've done. You've got broken glass all over my rhubarb. Oh, Get out of here and don't come back. Oh, but look, I got a car full of bottles that I've been saving. I don't care if you've got a prairie schooner full of platinum. I don't want it. Go away. Home? No. Where? Drugstore. Oh. <laughs> Furthermore, Mr. Kramer, if I'd ever suspected you wasn't going to make good on them bottles, I'd have never bought all my postage stamps in your drugstore. What'd he say? Shook his head. What'd you do? Shook my fist. What'd he do? Shook a shotgun. What'd you do? Shook. Sis, I got these bottles here a while back, and I'd like to get a refund. Sorry, you... sir. That was when we run to the NRA. No refunds now. Oh, but I want my dime. You can't have it. You've washed off the little blue eagle. <laughs> hey, bud. I got a few bottles. Sorry, I've taken the pledge. <laughs> Look, mister, I've been, I've been everywhere in town. Do you refund money on... I'm not... Beat it! Well? Ah, I guess I'm a chump, Molly. It's no use. Shucks, I thought I had a swell idea collecting these bottles, but, well, I guess I... I flopped. Oh, now, now, don't take it to heart, dearie. Everybody sticks their neck out now and then. Yeah. That's why they have portholes on boats. 
Yeah, but shut oh, oh, there you are, Mr. McGee. I've been looking all over Wistful Vista for you. Hi, Abby. Hello, Abigail. What was it you wanted? Well, someone told me that Mr. McGee had several hundred old bottles he wanted to sell, and I was so afraid he disposed of them before I found him. Well, there's no use in crying. What? What'd you say, Uppy? She sounds like an angel in disguise, McGee. And one of the cleverest disguises I ever saw. (laughs) You mean you want to buy these bottles, Uppy? Indeed I do, Miss McGee. How many have you? Why, why about 500. Oh, splendid, splendid. Oh, oh, what a lucky girl I am, really. 500 perfectly good bottles. (laughs) Uh, But I warn you, Miss McGee. I drive a hard bargain. Well, I'm offering you $50 for the entire lot. Heavenly days, $50. Well, 60 then. Oh, now, wait a minute, Uppy. That's ridiculous. Why, when I tell you how much I expected to get for these bottles, you... Well, $75, and that is my final offer. <laughs> Sold to the lady in the prematurely gray fur coat. <laughs> Say, I don't quite... This is so sudden, I... Uh, look, uh, what do you want these bottles for, Uppy? Uh, don't you wish you knew, you clever boy? Oh, God. <laughs> hey, you know the old saying, ask me no questions, and I'll tell you no anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, here, Miss McGee, here's the $75, oh, and you may dump those bottles in my backyard any time today. Oh. Pinch me, McGee. Ouch! Thank you. <laughs> and thank you, Abigail. Oh, no, thank you. And now, to celebrate the deal, I insist on taking you to dinner at the 400 Club. What? Oh, come now. I shan't take no for an answer. Well, there's no danger of you getting it for an answer, Mrs. Uppington. <laughs> I should say not. I suddenly got an appetite that would make a steam shovel lower its bucket in shame. Fine enough. Let's go. Oh, oh, but where shall I sit, Mr. McGee? Here, I'll make room for you, Abigail. Oh, 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 what fun, really? (laughs) Ain't it, though? (laughs) Well, here we go. And don't let the horseradish get smart with you, Abigail. The King's Men singing The Covered Wagon Rolled Right Along. Oh, the covered wagon rolled right along, while the pioneers gave out a happy song. Me and Pappy did the driving, Mammy cooked and kept us driving, and the covered wagon rolled right along. We left Kentucky on the 10th of May. Daffy said, I'll get our pickles every day. Every day. Mammy, you just grease the skillet. If we need some food, I'll kill it. And the covered wagon rolled right along. Daffy's pants were made from skins of buffalo. Poor buff. But when winter came and brought the ice and snow, cold and rough. Pappy's pants ran out of leather. Mammy prayed for milder weather, and the covered wagon rolled right along. Once a wildcat jumped at Mammy from the rear. Pappy winked an eye and said, now don't you fear. If he really tries to crowd her, we'll be having wildcat chowder, and the covered wagon rolled right along. Now at play and poker, Pappy won his fame. 
Once he got an Indian chief into a game. Pappy wound up with four deuces and a squall with six papooses and the covered wagon rolled right along. Pappy sold a mule and then went on a spree. And he said, at last I got my liberty. Mammy said, cut out your bragging. And she hitched him to the wagon. And the prairie schooner rolled right along. Now at last, old California came in view. And we realized the troubles we've been through. Me and Ma are lucky creatures. Pappy's making western features. And the covered wagon rolls and rolls right along. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, what a day. <laughs> you know, Molly, for a while there today, I almost begun to have doubts if I could sell them bottles. <laughs> Say, what on earth do you suppose Mrs. Uppington wants them for? I don't know, but I, I you know, I kind of regret the leaving them go at 75 bucks. I wish I'd asked 100. Well, you know, it cost her almost that anyway. I saw the bill she signed for dinner at the 400 Club. Yeah? You know how much? No. Oh. $22. $22? Oh, that couldn't be just for that one meal for the three of us. She must be bored in there by the week. <laughs> no, sir. It was nearly $7 a piece. Say, that was a mighty nice din- dinner, too, wasn't it? I thought you said it wasn't so hot. Well, that was before I knew it cost seven bucks. <laughs> and I still say, though, that that was the worst cider I ever drunk. You do? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't cider. That was champagne. <laughs> it was? Sure. I thought the waiter said his mother made it. No, he did not. He said it was mom. <laughs> Who's that? Search me. Better get that $75 out of sight. Come in. Well, hello there, folks. How's every little thing? Why, just wonderful, Mr. Gildersleeve. Ah, better than they've been for a long time, Gildy, old man. Uh, really? Why, certainly. Well, well, that, that's fine, McGee. I, uh, I just stopped in, McGee, to ask you if you could, uh, get into one of my suits. Well, we could both get into one of your suits. <laughs> Why should we? Why, sure, he's got clothes of his own. Yes, yes, I know, but I thought that, well, I, uh, how you fixed the groceries, McGee? Groceries? Hey, what is this? Wait a minute. First you offer me your old clothes, then you offer us food. That ratted Gildersleeve, if you think for one no, minute... No, no, we... Take it easy, little chum. Take it easy. <laughs> it's no disgrace to be poor. Oh, I'll say it isn't. What are you driving at anyway, you big baboon? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, look here, little pal. Why don't you let me make you a small loan? Sort of ties you over until... That ratted Gildersleeve, you cut that out. I don't want any money, and I don't want any clothes, and I don't want any groceries. Well, shucks, anybody think we didn't know where the next meal was coming from? Well, do you? <laughs> What's that? Now, Mrs. McGee, maybe I can talk sensibly with you. I know all about it. Mrs. Uppington told me. She told you what, Gildersleeve? About how she got word that you had your car full of junk and trying to sell it, me. <laughs> Imagine Pipper McGee, my pal. My neighbor, 
reduced to selling old bottles. <laughs> Why didn't you let somebody know, McGee? We'd all been glad to help you. Well, of all that... Well, I'll be... A... It's all right, chum. We won't say a word about this outside. But when Mrs. Uppington told me, she felt so sorry for you that she took you in and bought you a warm meal. <laughs> then paid you $75 for a useless ton of old bottles... Well, that got me, McGee. Oh, so that's why she... Oh! That does it. That absolutely does it. Molly, never let me see another bottle in this house as long as I live. There's only one bottle left in the house, dearie. Well, where is it? Upstairs. Well, go get it and throw it away. Impossible. Why? Uncle Dennis won't let go of it. You know, Molly, what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to buy Gildersleeve a big, expensive present just because he tried to be so nice to us. Yeah? Mrs. Uppington was nice, too, McGee. Yeah? So she didn't have to run and tell Mr. Gildersleeve about it. No, but I certainly give her a lot of credit. You're going to pay the money right back, aren't you? No. For that, she's got to give me a lot of credit. Good night. <laughs> Good night, all. <laughs> This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Nightbeat, followed by Inner Sanctum. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.